following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another statewide journey on the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong all across our state. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can also listen to the free stream weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service in Australia, We're number two behind the Kangaroo podcast. Thank you to the Aussies down under for loving the huge thunder. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer inside this hour. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, also a certified NFL agent, NFL PA certified with Bull Rush Sports. He's based in the Grand Rapids area. Uh, He has clients like Jake Witt out of the UP in northern Michigan that was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. He's focusing on Michigan athletes, coaches, NIL, and more. Uh, Bull Rush Sports, look them up on Twitter. He'll join us uh, later in the show. Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Draft Wire on your 7-2 and two Lions as they prepare for the Mighty Bears on Sunday. Then the short turnaround with the Thanksgiving Day game against the Packers. And by the time you're done eating... Thanksgiving dinner. Your Lions will be 9-2. and two. Some are saying, hey, Dan Campbell, he's a hot commodity. No, he's not going to Texas A&M. Okay? Are you kidding me? He, he is a god in the state of Michigan. Yeah, Texas A&M has a lot of money. They can buy out Jimbo Fisher $77 million. Yeah, go away. And I heard they paid off the contracts on all the assistant coaches and everything. So it might be upwards of $100 million. But Down in Texas, everything's big. And you know why? Because Texas is getting ready to join the SEC. And you know why they moved early on firing Fisher and paying him out? Why Mississippi State did it with Zach Arnett? Because they want to be first in line for the hot coaches. So at Michigan State, I mean, they have the dream list. We're hearing every big name is on their list. You bet it's on their list, just like it was with Antonio when he left. And how'd that list turn out? You had to go get a coach that was sub-500 at Colorado because you needed a head coach in the middle of recruiting season. So you ask yourself, Texas A&M is the prime job. And they even have mentioned Deion Sanders in prime Dion and his son, and I'm not piling on, 
they're both not ready for prime time. Okay? Son has a lot of work to do. He may drive a Rolls Royce or Bentley or whatever you get when you're making six million bucks a year in NIL cash. I think that was a report. And Prime uh, needs some work. He does. He had a hot start, but it was against weak competition when you look at TCU in Nebraska. So, yeah, don't worry about Dan Campbell. My my Texas A and M booster guy, who I know from my days in Austin, said Campbell is not a target. They want an established college coach who has won to take over. Their dream guy is landing from Oregon, but he came right out and said, I'm not going anywhere, which means you got to double the price if you want to get. I'm happy. Uh, Dan, we're going to give you $15 million a year. To my friends in Oregon, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Now, I, they need a hot shot. I know who's the hot shot head coach. Seriously. That Texas A&M thinks is going to step right in and save the world and get them competitive again in the SEC, where they've had a flash year or two because of Johnny Manziel. And, you know, when Johnny's giving Jimbo a Twitter endorsement after the fact, you know you were done if you're Jimbo. So a lot to talk about inside this broadcast. Risden, I will check in. Lions, everything's beautiful about that team. Only negative is, and Dan Campbell brought it up, what I said on the show Monday, concern about the pocket time that Herbert had to throw. Because you're not going to go score 40-plus every game to bail out no pass rush. It's not going to happen. They need more pass rush, and I feel they still need that 50-55 yard field goal in a playoff game. They're going to need that. But there are no kickers out there who can do it. So that's why their first choice is to go for it, and it's a beautiful thing when it works, but come playoff time, they're going to need it. And I do believe another thing that's popped up is that the Vikings are going to be a tougher team to sweep than originally scheduled. The way they started to where they are now with Dobbs. So Risden will join us in studio. I want to welcome in David Gregory. He's a lawyer, also an NFL PA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports based in the Grand Rapids area here on the west side. Uh, the state. We're going to get into what to expect on Friday in that hearing. Uh, Michigan and Harbaugh versus Tony Petiti, the Big Ten. Really, it's the conference uh, versus Michigan. And the court documents, David, I'm not sure. Do they say Michigan versus everybody? <laughs> is that because is that, those shirts and those hoodies and those hats are selling like crazy? Not yet. Maybe they'll have to amend the pleadings. Yeah, they'll have to amend that uh, because yeah, you're the lawyer. You look at all the pleadings. Uh, for a Michigan fan listening, a non-Michigan fan listening, a Big Ten fan listening right now, what are your expectations for what goes down in that courtroom in Washtenaw County on Friday? I think Michigan will win, and I think it's because they, they essentially have the home field advantage, in my opinion. Um, as I said on the show before, a good lawyer knows the law. A great lawyer knows the judge. The judge here is uh, Judge O'Connor from Washtenaw County. He's a U of M law grad. He's a law school lecturer at the U of M law school. He has listed himself in some media accounts as a former Michigan football player. And I just think if it's close, and this is a close case, 
if it's close, the tie or, you know, the close call is going to go to the home team. I, I love all the sports analogies you're dropping, but I, you're, you're reading off that judge's resume. Outside of his last name being Schembechler, he checks every box for Michigan. Can or could it happen that a lawyer representing the Big Ten pushes for a different judge, saying there is too much conflict of interest, potential bias? I think it's possible, but they did the the uh, Big Ten hired a local uh, Ann Arbor lawyer who does appear in Washtenaw County Circuit Court a lot. So if you move to recuse a judge, you appear you have to appear in front of in other cases. Uh, I would really be hesitant to do that. Yeah, and and the other judge uh, or the other attorney last name isn't Day, right? No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's knocked. I think N A C H T. But hey, you know the importance of judges. Because the judge has a lot of discretion. Yeah, but a judge who lectures at Michigan or claims to be a former Michigan player, whatever the resume is, uh, does that not smell a conflict of interest? But if it was conflict of interest, he just would have rubber stamped uh, the restraining order last Friday night or Saturday morning, right? Probably. I, I'm not saying it's a conflict of interest. You said that. but no, I, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> You're out of order. You're out of order. This whole studio's out of order. Look, if I, I would consider making that motion if I were the Big Ten's lawyer, but I probably wouldn't. But, but let me give you an example of why the judge is so important. There was media, social media accounts on Friday night that another Washtenaw County Circuit judge was going to have the TRO in front of her. And that judge has a history of a recent history of ruling against Michigan, the University of, in high-profile cases. And that one, it was uh, she denied a preliminary injunction uh, and ruled against University of Michigan in their Teachers Association uh, strike. And that made big, you know, big, big news down in Ann Arbor. So that was a judge who had a history of ruling against Ann Arbor or against University of Michigan, excuse me. I think that would have been a different, uh, a different ball game. And that same female judge also ruled against Connor Stallions in his HOA uh, case, which this story, you can't make it up. It feels like a scriptwriter is working behind the scenes every day, but that is also a fact. Truth, uh, truth truly is stranger than fiction. Uh, you can't Lord. make this stuff up. But that, while that's an interesting tidbit, I mean, Connor Stallions is oh, the irony. not a party. Because <laughs> she was just like the judge yeah. on call. It's a weekend. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, not normal business hours. It was the holiday, the Veterans Day holiday for the court on Friday. It just added to the, oh, my God, what is going on with this story? So I know you alluded a little bit on this Monday when you joined me to start the show. Why do you think, because it's out of the ordinary, uh, you're hearing a lot of legal experts on TV on social networks say that to push it to a hearing and not give the temporary restraining order, either a yes or no, isn't normal in the legal process. I've heard both, though. I've heard good lawyers that I respect say both things. I think it's. So what have you heard on both sides? Well, I look a, a temporary restraining order uh, filed ex parte, meaning the other side isn't present and represented at all and doesn't have a chance to be heard, that is a, an extraordinary remedy. Uh, and it should not be, you know, just passed out like candy. And the Big Ten knew what was coming. They had a lawyer file an appearance because they knew this was coming. So I think there was maybe a sense of uh, fundamental fairness. Look, this is a big issue. Both sides ought to be heard. 
And that's a reasonable position. And I agree. I really do. I, I agree with it. And Michigan got by Penn State uh, without Harbaugh. So let's go back to what you said, that you feel Michigan will win in the courtroom on Friday. Uh, what is it about the Big Ten? What, what are the strengths of Michigan going into this hearing? I feel like we're breaking down a game. Can you tell me <laughs> what the offense and the defense is, David? But, I will. Uh, strengths for the Big Ten and weaknesses in this case, why you think they'll win, and, and where it could be lurking that the Big Ten uh, surprises people and, and they win. Okay, let's break it down, Coach. Uh, first, the burden of proof is on the University of Michigan and Harbaugh. They have to prove, they have to get a first down. They have to prove that they're eligible for a preliminary injunction. And there are various factors which I can go into. But here's where I think Michigan's weak, which is they do have to demonstrate that they have a substantial likelihood to prevail on the merits ultimately. Substantial likelihood. That's so, the, and that ultimately would be in this next stop in a courtroom. Exactly. And I think it's more like instead of uh, a seven, uh, it's a jump ball to me at best about whether Michigan will prevail on their main claim. It's not a substantial likelihood. Now, I can talk later about why I think that might not matter as much. But I think big t- the, Michigan is a little weak on substantial likelihood to prevail. And that comes down to the whole Rule 10 versus Rule 32 issue we've discussed. And the rule to refresh those who didn't hear you earlier this week, Rule 10 is a sportsmanship power given to Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner. Correct. Uh, he can do what he basically wants to. And Rule 32 is about if there's an NCAA investigation, normally the Big Ten could hand out punishment after the fact. That's exactly right. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, rule 10, to me, it's like, I find the Big Ten, I make a, a homeowner's association argument. Hey, you bought the property. You, you know what the bylaws were. You voted on the bylaws, Michigan. You got to live by the bylaws. And Rule 10 says the commissioner's king when it comes to a sportsmanship uh, matter. Now, we can argue about whether that's this is a sportsmanship matter, but he can. he's the king. He can do whatever he wants. He can consider any evidence he wants to look at. He can determine whether offensive conduct has occurred or a violation. You're talking he is a judge. The commissioner, yeah. No, the commissioner. Well, the commissioner can't under the, under Rule 10. Under Rule 10. And then the commissioner can decide the punishment with the only check and balance being if he goes over a certain threshold, this joint committee has to sign off on it, which, which they, they did. did yeah. So I, I find the Big Ten, I'm like, hey, the rule says what it says. It's a membership organization. You bought the property. You voted on the bylaws. You got to live with it. And on the flip side with Rule 32. Yes. The NCAA investigation is ongoing with Michigan. Correct. And that rule reads that you can do punishment after the fact. So take me inside. You're Judge Gregory, and you're hearing this case on Friday. Is there a chance you could say, okay, you have the sportsmanship rule, but I think three-game suspension could cause irreparable harm is too much. Uh I can agree maybe with one game, which he already served, and yet I got this Rule 32 with an NCAA investigation, which is ongoing, that your punishment should happen after that. I mean, there there are different avenues here, if, if we're playing Judge Gregory, that you could go in this hearing. Yeah, Rule 32. Let's, let's make the case on Rule 32 like we're University of Michigan or Jim Harbaugh. 
look, the this case involves alleged NCAA violations, very specific ones. They were referenced in the Big Ten's letter. Um, and then this rule's directly on point then. It says that if it's an NCAA-initiated matter, then you'll go through the regular NCAA process, and at the end, there's a committee of the Big Ten that can oppose, impose additional penalties. Now, that let me stop there to say there's one more exception to that, but look, this is the rule. It's on point. It's NCAA violations. It's Rule 32. It's not sportsmanship, which is supposed to be about kind of on-field taunting or intimidation or fighting or social media comments or things that don't fit neatly into some other rule fit into the commissioner's discretion. But Rule 32 says it's it's specific. It's on point. NCAA-initiated matter. NCAA goes first. Could the Michigan Council and their legal team, could they bring up the question that there is no precedent for punishment this severe for bylaw 10 and the Big Ten commissioner being able to implement punishment? Well, they can and they will, but the Big Ten's already anticipated this by saying, yes, uh, the history the, the history of Rule 10 is this, but this is a unprecedented scheme on the part of Michigan. We've never How can f- they call that a scheme without a full investigation and proof? They are relying on the NCAA's uh, proof that they've presented to them. They're with, saying which so is Connor Stallions going to multiple games, upwards of 30 games, and buying tickets. But they haven't proven, has that video been transferred to Michigan or been used by anybody at Michigan or Connor Stallions to enhance this competitive advantage, which also the Big Ten said could be dangerous and could cause injuries, which to me... How do you quantify making the claim that players are at risk in a violent game because somebody would have signals? Well, the NCAA, or excuse me, the Big Ten will say, well, we should err on the side of caution. This was unprecedented in scope and scale. And the NCAA, the NCAA's case, which we haven't seen, which, but which they describe, and that Rule 10 is designed to give the commissioner discretion to deal with a real-time issue. And this is a real-time issue. It's never happened before. I'm trying to protect the integrity of the game in real time, and I have to act fast, and that's what Rule 10 is designed to do. So the the judge doesn't have freedom to make recommendations on punishment or anything here, correct? No. It's either a preliminary injunction issues or not. Or denied. Correct. And both sides will get their time to make their case in front of the judge. Correct. Or present it, right? Yep. So uh, the, well, all three sides really, because Harbaugh's individually represented, University of Michigan is represented. So both Harbaugh's attorney can also yeah. be a part of this. The two, so one attorney for University of Michigan will make an oral argument, and one attorney for uh, Jim Harbaugh will make an oral argument. Which on I think the motion. is Mr. Mars, right? The attorney who uh, at least sent out the statement. He hasn't made an appearance yet. No, he hasn't filed the appearance. So um, Harbaugh did say in his presser on Monday that. He may be there in court, which I think would, for him to sit there, would be a pretty powerful message to the judge. If I were his attorney, I would say you should be there. Oh, yeah. 
Santa Ono, everybody. Yep, everybody. Line them up. Pack, pack the house. Man, look like a make suite. Them, make them look, look you in the eye. Look, look at you. All wear in Michigan. And every time there's a point that they agree with, they got a button that plays Hail to the Victors. Well, <laughs> hey, Huge, I'd like to talk a little bit about Rule 10 and where I think the Big Ten made some mistakes. You're talking about in that 13-page response? Just in general and the way they've handled it. Okay, so what's your opinion on that? Well, first opinion is Michigan made a really good point when they said, look, Rule 10 says you can hold an individual accountable for his actions. And it says you can hold an institution accountable for the actions of an individual. But the Big Ten kind of contorted their, their statement around to say, we're suspending Jim Harbaugh, even though we haven't found him guilty of any conduct, but it's an institutional punishment. You know, they, they just tried to spin it around to fit the situation, and it doesn't quite fit. It's, it's awkward. That's number one. Number two, I don't understand why the Big Ten didn't do the following. Rule 32 does say that the commissioner can take interim action to protect the integrity of the game, and that can include suspending a coach. Even before the NCAA goes first provision of Rule 32. So why didn't they use Rule 32 instead of 10? I don't know. You know, and one thing you mentioned about uh, not, this isn't about Harbaugh, it's about the institution, then why don't you suspend Michigan from taking part in Big Ten football until the investigation was over and tell the team they're ineligible to play in the Big Ten championship or do something that punishes the university. And I get that report said that they didn't want to hurt the players, right? Well, I, I think they might have been arguably on a little bit more solid ground legally, but as a practical matter, I mean, they pe- didn't want to, people would completely they didn't want to turn nuke, on nuke them. the players. Yeah, right? they didn't want that to do you're that. punishing them and nothing's been proven. And that that is the big argument here that there has been no thorough investigation. There has been nothing linking Harbaugh to Connor Stallions. You get the NCAA interviewing people at Central Michigan, but you uh, focusing on this hearing on Friday, you're the judge. You now have taken in uh, both pleadings uh, or you know filings, and you're looking at it, and you're saying, okay, three-game suspension, talking about risk of injury, uh, the unlevel playing field. And I'm trying to think, I have seen nothing that says, okay, David Gregory, I'm coach of Indiana. You coach at Northwestern. And you know my signals. Knowing my signals, fill in the blank, gives a what? I've heard coaches, some say no, others say yes. How do you define what that competitive advantage is? Why, well, if I, Connor Stallions never shared the video allegedly filmed at these multiple Big Ten stadiums, upwards of thirty games, how do you? And again, this isn't a trial on Friday; it's a hearing for a temporary restraining order. But how do you quantify the, this sign stealing, which has been allowed to go on? Okay. It's been allowed to go on. The NCAA Infractions Committee actually said there was no no proof of any advantage, which I think is a big statement for the Big Ten, not Big Ten, for Michigan to drop in that hearing on Friday. 
If that quantifying the risk of injury and competitive advantage, I've never read a report. I've never read an investigation. I haven't seen an E60 or a 30 for 30 on this at all. None of it. Well, here's what the Big Ten's saying. I don't think they can quantify it, but what they're saying is Michigan has a scheme on a scope and scale that we've never seen before that is truly unprecedented. And we need to err on the side of caution for player safety, uh, for uh, integrity of the game, for the perception that the games are fair. We have to step in and act now. Now, at the NCAA level, they don't have to prove that there was a competitive advantage. There's this coach strict liability standard, and the head coach can be held liable for the actions of an underling. But I do think we get into this weird space of, can the Big Ten bootstrap and enforce the NCAA's standards, or are they enforcing their own standards? And it gets a little confusing. And the sportsmanship, you know, bylaw 10 argument. That, yes, every case is individual, but if the Big Ten is not investigating other cases, I I get this as separate from the allegations against Shiano Day, Ohio State, Rutgers, Purdue, the Big Ten championship game, or sharing of this information, that if the Big Ten did not follow through with that, I don't know if the judge would ask, have you looked into any other of these allegations that came about close to the same time frame. If the Big Ten is not using the same bylaws to seek information, any evidence that they wish to use, is that a conflict of interest? Not for this hearing, but that's probably for the next legal step. Yeah, right? I think I think that could affect the outcome ultimately on the merits. I don't think it has a lot to do with this preliminary injunction. So hearing. this is basically we're going to let Harbaugh coach the next two games, right? And then, and so let's just say the judge says they're they're going to grant Michigan the temporary restraining order on Friday. What does that mean? And on the flip side, what does it mean if the Big Ten gets a denied short term and long term for Harbaugh? What is that? Okay, if the preliminary injunction issues, it means Harbaugh will be allowed to be on the sidelines and coach against Maryland and Ohio State. And so, when would the next hearing? B, is there another one to uh, to make it permanent? I, again, I don't know how this works. Preliminary so. injunctions generally last until there's a resolution of the case on its merits. So they might not put a specific timeline. So there's on. not another, there's not a trial after this. Well, there may be, but not anytime soon. No, that'd be, be discovery. There'd be discovery, and and it's a it's a breach of contract claim. It's so basically, just, basically by Harbaugh. Here's if, the ball games right now. Yeah, if, if, the, if the temporary restraining order is granted by that Washtenaw County judge, he's coaching the rest of the year. Exactly. Now, the Big Ten could appeal, and I did want to talk about it. They could appeal to the Court of Appeals. Uh, but The Michigan Court of Appeals. Michigan right. Court of Appeals. But, but there's a very recent case that I found very interesting, which is it involved Vinnie Johnson, uh, the microwave, uh, a business case of his. And... Basically, the Court of Appeals upheld a trial court judge that granted Vinnie Johnson a uh, preliminary injunction, even though he didn't show a substantial likelihood of winning on the merits. They said, at best, it was a 50-50 chance he was going to win on the merits, but it's not a checklist. It's not a mathematical formula. 
basically he made a really strong showing on irreparable harm and the other factors of preliminary injunction. So we're not going to step in and overturn the trial court judge. There's an abuse of discretion uh, appeal standard, meaning, you know, unless look, unless the judge really, really screws up, whatever the trial court judge does is going to stand on this preliminary injunction, in my opinion. And if you're the Big Ten, uh, you are in the business of your member schools, even though attacking Michigan and taking this to court, um, making it go to court. They didn't take it. Uh, Michigan did. But if you lose, you're Tony Petiti. You can tell the member schools, I did as much as I could. I did what right? I could. Hey, the and court's ruled against me. and It's done. Harbaugh's coach. It's a two-week window. There's and nothing we'll, else we'll to do. And we'll wait for the NCAA investigation on what that brings. And I can add additional punishment per rule bylaw 32 yep. at that time. Right? Exactly. And, and he walked it out and showed those coaches and the ADs and the presidents complaining that I, I took this further than any commissioner has ever done it ever. And I made a very strong statement of why I did it and how I interpret these rules. And I'm So there's not to- another hearing after this? Not because another. some were saying that because he that there would be another one within 14 days because he he pushed this out for the hearing, didn't rule on it immediately, which would have required a hearing in 14 days. That's not my understanding, which is if if the judge would have granted a temporary restraining order ex parte on Friday night, there would have had to have been a hearing on whether or not to turn that into a preliminary injunction within 14 days. So he's doing the hearing here, not just making the ex parte. Right. He, they didn't rule on the ex parte motion. Right. The, this, the is now, restraining order this is now injunction. a hearing on whether there'll be a preliminary so injunction. Both sides, so he knows he let both sides present their case. You know, you, you raised something interesting, which is I think we've got a little bit of amateur hour on the part of the NCAA and the Big Ten here because we've got two brand new leaders and they've been tested and you know they came out swinging but they both departed from normal procedure in interesting ways here um, and it, this is in the Big Ten's letter on November 2nd there was a call between the NCAA University of Michigan and Big Ten and the NCAA laid out its investigation and its in, initial findings against the University of Michigan and the Big Ten acknowledges in its letter of November 10th I think it is or the 8th that that's highly unusual. That never happens. The NCAA generally only shares that information with the target school. So that this was a highly unusual move by the NCAA. So they went outside of their normal procedure. and then, Which leads people to believe it's on that witch hunt path on Harbaugh. Right. Oh, and oh yeah, by the way, Harbaugh has made a strong stand against the NCAA and is fighting them on this suspension on the, the hamburger issue. So, you know, that when you go outside the normal course of business, you better have a pretty strong reason for doing it. And, you know, what did the Big Ten do differently? You know, I think that Commissioner Petiti having that call where all 13 were complaining about Michigan was a little outside the normal course of business. Not a little. Uh, it was like, you, you all can, I'll set up individual meetings with you if you want to voice complaints about anything. Or we're all going to be on the call. Or Harbaugh's going to stay on this and be able to defend himself. Yeah, so look, that went outside the normal course of business. And, you know, I think that both of these gentlemen are highly credentialed. They're um, 
They're highly intelligent. Are you talking about Santa Ono and the Big Ten well, Commission or I'm talking Harbaugh? About, I'm talking about the NCAA president, right. the new NCAA president, Charlie Baker, and the new Big Ten Commissioner. Yeah, Tony but Petiti. when you brought up that they Big Ten was in on that call with Michigan, it seemed like a tag team to me. It, and it was clearly unusual, and it doesn't happen very often. So my point is this. Look, these guys, as credentialed and as good and as smart as they are, they don't have a background in, in administering or being an executive in college athletics. One's got a TV background and then a Major League Baseball background. That's Petiti. And then Charlie Baker was governor of Massachusetts, and the NCAA hired him because they thought he could go get favorable legislation in Congress and in the states. But they don't have a background in administering college sports, and I think it showed up here. They departed from normal procedure, and I think it created an opening for them to be attacked. And I believe based on what has been publicly released by the Big Ten and by Michigan with statements, I think Michigan does have that advantage going into the hearing on Friday. And your opinion is you think Michigan will get that preliminary injunction, which means Harbaugh will be coaching the rest of the year. I think based on that Vinnie Johnson case – that even if it's only a jump ball on the merits. Like a jump ball on yeah. the Vinnie Johnson case. Gregory's <laughs> on fire right now. I think that Vinnie Johnson case says, look, Michigan, they can make a very strong showing on irreparable injury. And we can talk about it, but it's obvious on its face. You can't replay these games. You know, money damages can't repair it. Um, coaching decisions make a dis- Coaching decisions in game make a difference. Hundred eleven thousand people bought tickets to watch Harbaugh. Right. So Michigan has got a slam dunk case on irreparable injury, and I and I think a pretty good case on the rest of the factors for preliminary injunction. I think they're a little weak on on likelihood to win on the merits, but that Vinnie Johnson case tells me that that's okay. It's not a mathematical formula. You got to balance all the equities, and the appeals court is not going to overturn the judge. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, a NFL PA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. Follow them on Twitter. David is based in West Michigan. He focuses on Michigan athletes, coaches for representation, NIL, and more. Like I said, follow him, uh, Bull Rush Sports on Twitter. Really good stuff today, my man. Thanks, huge. And we'll see what happens on Friday, and we'll talk to you uh, Friday. I know you'll be traveling, but we'll get your thoughts on well, what will happen, though? One, one final thing. He will, will he immediately make a ruling in court, or will it come later with an opinion I think or it would, order? I think it would be unusual to issue a ruling from the bench. Uh, but I do anticipate by the close of business on Friday, because the hearing's at 9, and he's going to have briefs, you know, legal briefs in advance of the oral arguments, that by close of business on Friday, he'll issue an order. And I think he should. Because we shouldn't have a repeat of last Saturday where we didn't know leading up to kickoff, kickoff what's going to happen. That's not fair to anybody. Let's know by the close of business whether we're issuing this injunction or not. And I'm guessing the judge agrees with what that. What I'm hoping is that it is by kickoff at Maryland and Harbaugh with the Army Rangers. I think it's the <laughs> is it that parachute and Harbaugh parachutes into the middle of College Park, Maryland. That would be with with a game ball. That's my goal. That would here. make him. America- I'm, I'm looking for drama. I know you're. A that lawyer. would make him America's coach. Yeah, of America's, America's team. America's team, and his chickens would be watching at home, and he he's watched a lot of Judge Judy to get ready for uh, court on Friday, so he's prepared. I, I, it would be awesome if they let him speak at the hearing, but I oh, don't think that's no. going to happen. <laughs> 
I don't think the judge wants to hear about his chickens. That's just my guess. Thank you, David. That's always good stuff. Yeah, David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports. Uh, he is an NFLPA certified agent lawyer by trade, giving us his legal and sports insight on what will happen Friday in that Harbaugh and Michigan versus the Big Ten hearing in Washtenaw County. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Save on Thanksgiving in one stop at Meyer. Get a Meyer Grade A frozen turkey, 59 cents per pound, limit one, plus all the potatoes, stuffing, and tasty pies you could want. And preview Black Friday deals in the Meyer app. Deals so good, you just gotta celebrate. Get Thanksgiving in one stop and shop holiday deals this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino. Single record of the year is Better Man. Even here, Better Man. Album of the year, Killing Time. Come on up again, Clint Black. Miss Killing Clint Black with special guest Josh Grayson. Tickets start at $40. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Clint Black and Josh Grayson. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back in the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Remember to search the huge show where you download podcasts. We are everywhere, and our podcasts are free. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search the huge show, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. I also have a message for the Pistons and NBA fans out there. The DraftKings Sportsbook has a huge offer for new customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up. 
they can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's win or lose. You get the instant 150 in bonus bets. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE. When you sign up, and as I mentioned, new customers can get that 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Michigan. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sports book app. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this winning big at Soaring Eagle. Book your stay this fall in luxurious first class room and receive $50 premium play, a $20 spa credit, and a $25 dining credit. Rates are just $289 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $339 on Fridays and Saturdays. Reserve your room now. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Bill Simonson here for my friends at Urban U. They're Michigan's best med spa. Now, they have multiple locations in the Grand Rapids metro area, and you'll find an Urban U location in Northville on the east side of the state. And this is a message for any guy listening right now. How often do you think about your skin health care? Well, Urban U has multiple options that could help you immediately. Whether you work out a lot, you run, your job requires a lot of sweating, you need to think about your skin health care, and Urban U can help you, hydrofacials, and so much more, or even your kids. Think about that. If your son, your daughter's playing a lot of sports and they're having trouble with their skin health care, Urban U has options that can help today. Just go to theurbanu.com to find out more. Locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and on the east side of the state in Northville. Go to theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment in hour one on this Wednesday broadcast being heard on 19 incredible radio stations for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net 
There you can also listen to the free stream, which is live weekdays between 3 and 6. And the show repeats in its entirety weeknights at 6 p.m. every three hours. You'll hear the replay until the next show airs. The all-night, all-day replay that Superfly Hayes puts together at the Huge Show. Net. And the iHeart app has become very popular with Huge Show listeners. You can listen anywhere in the world. Just search the Huge Show on the iHeart app. You get mobile service. You can listen to us live anywhere on this earth. Coming up next couple of hours, Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and Draft Wire will join us in studio. We'll talk about the Lions win over the Chargers. Look ahead to the Bears on Sunday. Jeff Risden, ready to take your Lions questions. If you have a comment, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Simple and easy. Doesn't cost anything. You can text us when you want to. Just text HUGE to 21000. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It is our number two on a Wednesday broadcast with Superfly Hayes as our executive producer. Over the next 90 minutes, Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and the Draft Wire, part of the USA Today Network, also the Detroit Lions podcast. You can find on YouTube. He'll join us in studio. We'll talk about the win over the Chargers. Good and bad from that game. And look ahead to Sunday against the Bears. And then the short holiday week. With the Packers on Thanksgiving, if you do have a Lions comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook, Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they are a Michigan bank. And we'll get into the rest of the NFC North in the NFL and Tony Romo's comments that the Lions are good enough to win the Super Bowl. And Jim Nance says, hello, friends. We could see this team in Vegas, site of the Super Bowl. And that home field advantage push, Philly schedule kicks in. Niners looked really good in Jacksonville. You see the difference Debo Samuel makes back in the starting lineup there for Sam Fran and Jeff Risden, by the way, on Twitter at Jeff R-I-S-D-O-N. Standing by here in studio. And the Chargers game was exciting. Getting to 7-2 and two is brilliant. Uh, but even Dan Campbell now has said this week that uh, the defensive line push uh, is a concern for him. It just wasn't there uh, on Sunday. Uh, it was obvious. And it, it's there. I have mixed feelings about this game. 
I'm happy that they were able to go out and outscore a really good offense. Like that, that says a lot to me that they found a different way to win a game than they'd done all year. And I like that and I appreciate that because they might get into a shootout with a San Francisco or a Philadelphia or a Dallas in the playoffs. And it's nice to know that they can go out and win those games. Uh, the Chargers, look, they're, they're a lot better than their record indicates. Uh, some of that is their coaching. Some of that is the, the fact that they just, their secondary isn't very good. But, you know, I, I was thrilled that the Lions offense took the bull by the horns and, and went out and outscored a, a good offense. But it would have been nice if the defense didn't give up five straight touchdowns to end the game. And it was it was the, almost the same thing every time. They didn't really try to run the ball. They just they, they ran Keenan Allen all around the formation. They lined him up. They would flex him across. They would do all sorts of different things with him to hide him so Cam Sutton couldn't follow him. And when Cam did follow him, he couldn't cover him. Uh, the lack of pressure on Justin Herbert was was... That was frustrating, and it was something that Dan Campbell talked about in his press conference earlier this week about not the guys just weren't winning together. Like Hutchinson would win a couple of reps, but then the guy on the other side wasn't there, and Herbert would just roll that way or or fake fake out Hutchinson and go. Anzalone blitzed really well early. They quit doing that. Wish they would have kept that up. But when he did that, like Hutchinson was getting blocked. Now, I got to give credit. Rayshon Slater, their left tackle, is the best left tackle in football. He doesn't get credit for it, but he is. He's phenomenal. And I watched watched some of the game film uh, Tuesday when I was uh, going through, and I'm like, that guy's it, – it's, it's really, look, I watched Joe Thomas play for a very long time. That guy's as close to Joe Thomas as I've seen. He is unbelievable at left tackle. So that explains some of it. But that doesn't explain Ali McNeil not getting anything up the gut. That doesn't explain John Kaminsky getting put on his butt in pass protection, which or by pass protection, that's not supposed to happen. Josh Paschal paid, played 37 snaps, did not get into the backfield once. I watched them all. The, the, the lesser guys did not have good games, and that's not going to get it done against San Francisco or. Heck, even Minnesota, uh, because Minnesota, the, we're going to talk about that, but you can't sleep on those Vikings. They're not going away quietly, that's for sure. They've got to get more out of the guys other than Aiden Hutchinson and other than Alex Anzalone blitzing with his with his lovely, lovely hair on fire, because that's all they had for a pass rush. They did not get Justin Herbert down once. Not going to win many games when you don't sack the opposing quarterback once. So you can't, you know, trade deadline has come and gone. Your roster is what it is, minus the practice squad guys. Uh, who are sitting there? What is an answer for Dan Campbell from Sunday in LA to Sunday at home against the Bears? You know, I, I think first off, you're going to want to move Aiden Hutchinson around a little bit more. He got where he played over the right tackle almost exclusively, and he's better when he's moving around a little bit and not just lining up like way outside or right heads up with them. Move them around, make them think a little bit, make them devote a tight end a little bit of attention. They did the Chargers did do that, and they they kept the back in at times too, to 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 keep Hutchinson away. You need to see more, and and this is the frustrating part. They did do that early. Anzalone blitz. They ran a, a Brian Branch got a blitz and got a hurry where he forced an incompletion. You know you saw Hutchinson get that pressure early, or Anzalone. The, the interception came with Anzalone blitzing, and and Hutchinson actually dropped on that play. Like th- those are the sorts of things that they've got to do. Now again, Chicago is not the Chargers, 
We don't know if Justin Fields is going to play yet. It doesn't sound great that he's going to play, which means you're going to get rookie Tyson Bagent. Uh, I'll, I'll give him credit. He's better than I thought he would be, but he was a undrafted free agent out of D2 Shepard for a reason. He's just not that guy. He's certainly not Justin Herbert, and you can confuse him. I mean, Justin Fields. Either one. Yeah, right. Either yeah. one. Right. <laughs> they, they both work. I, I always say, yeah, Justin. <laughs> what is it, Justin Fields? Is it uh, Herbert? Who is it? Yeah, we, we, we'll find out uh, hopefully today or tomorrow if uh, if Justin Fields is going to play. We don't know yet. That Chicago doesn't know yet. Uh, I actually talked to the, the Bears wire editor this morning. And, well, they're going to make it know. a game time. It will be a, a Friday decision, yeah. right? Even, even linger into... You know, the weekend. Yeah. The thing is, is he, he has not practiced in a while. Justin Fields hasn't. So that, like, he's already not the sharpest passer in the world and maybe not throwing a ball for three weeks. So his guys that they might, they might want to stick with Beijing. Maybe put him in in, in packages, uh, the red zone package, which we got to talk about the red zone, Bill, because uh, the Lions were really bad on both sides of the ball in the red zone again. And that is just like the Raiders game uh, prior to bye week. It's starting to look like that's their biggest flaw. If they want to beat the big boys, they got to get better on offense at converting touchdowns instead of kicking field goals or going for it and missing. And they've got to start getting stops inside the red zone. They are they are thirtieth in the league in allowing touchdowns inside the red zone on defense. They're a better defense than that overall defense. They're in the they're in the low teens. They're like thirteenth or fourteenth overall. They're really bad in the red zone, and that's got to stop. On both sides. On both sides, yeah. yeah. I mean, so to me, I'm like, you know, how about some play action and, you know, on first down, I get you on a run, run, run. I understand how well, and we'll talk about Montgomery and Gibbs later. They were just fantastic uh, on Sunday in L.A., but a little creativity on the goal line. Something to the end zone. More more shots into the end zone. I mean, we go back to the, uh, again, I'm, I feel like I'm nitpicking to a point, but the end of Seattle, you weren't taking shots to the end zone. There are 97% of the time this year I've agreed with everything. I just think they look very predictable in the red zone with their formations. They do, and one of the other things that happens is that they run – Ben Johnson gets too cute for his own good with the blocking scheme. They run a lot of blocking gimmicks. They run G power. They 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 will pull both tackles in opposite directions to pick people off to to create – Chaos. That works when the safety's 18 yards deep, when the corners are playing off coverage. In the red zone, you don't get that. And those guys are there quicker. And I don't think Ben Johnson has figured that out yet. Like he's a phenomenal offensive coordinator. He's not perfect. And that's that's one of the areas where he needs to get a little bit better. When they did score was a very simple one. Rodrigo at fullback. Go pick off the linebacker. Gibbs follow him. Touchdown. Simple. Simple fire off the ball. Simple. Don't overthink. On that play, Taylor Decker and Jonah Jackson both put their guys on their butts. Like, just let them go do that. I agree. I, <laughs> and, and at times on the goal line, if it didn't work the first time, play action and, you know, a quick throw, not rolling out and go off with pressure. That's coming. not where Goff's no. good. That's not no. where he's good at. Like, that, that rollout play where he threw it out of bounds on, or threw it away on fourth down. Yeah, Goff's got to do better than that, but that, that's not a good play. That that's a really low percentage. I'm sorry, play. on fourth down, you got to throw to somebody. You gotta, not, yes, you got to throw do. it in the end zone. If it's picked off, they get a, the twenty. Yeah, right. Absolutely, you got you got to do what Russell Wilson did Monday night. Throw it up there. Maybe get a maybe get a pass interference call. The reincarnation of Russell. NFL films. I tell you what, they're uh, they're, they're looking. They're they looking have a good dangerous. defense, and they're on you know teams that you had checked as auto wins. 
uh, Denver on December 17th in Detroit. Yeah. Two Minnesota games wrapped around a trip to Dallas, your, your final three. You're the Lions. You'd like to take care of business and have the NFC North clinched. Absolutely. Dobbs has been unbelievable. We'll talk about that. But just to recap what we're saying, and we're in total agreement, defensive line needs more of a push. Yeah. They need more action in the opponent's backfield. I agree the red zone both sides. Uh, I They're sitting back. They're not being aggressive uh, in the red zone. Uh, there, there's really – there's a side that, if you think about it, Campbell and Ben, they haven't been there a long time in the NFL. There are times when their inexperience will show. Because Campbell's leadership and the culture and afterwards, because he told the team, don't worry about everything. Don't worry about what you hear. A win is a win. It's tough to get one. He knows. He's uh, right, too. Right, right. I, I, I get that. I, and that's why I'm saying, we're, yeah. we're, am, am I nitpicking a little bit? It's just, you know, growing up a Lions fan. But I'm, I'm thinking big picture. So if Tony Romo says his team could win the Super Bowl, if Nance says they could be in Vegas, you and I have talked about it. I think that path is, and again, if you're in Philly on NFC Championship Sunday or in San Francisco, I think those are tough places for the Lions at at the playoff level to get out of there with Ws. They've been fa- fantastic on the road, Rizzy. They I mean, have. think about it. Wins at Tampa, at KC, at Green Bay, uh, at L.A. Games on the schedule that you might have looked at as, you know, two or three losses before the season, right? Absolutely. So I won't rule out them winning at Philly or at San Francisco. And I still believe you watch a Debo Samuel back when they have him the Niners are the best team in the NFC. He erases a lot of Brock Purdy's faults because he can catch the ball on a simple two-yard pass and take it 20. And they and that also frees up Christian McCaffrey to do a lot of things. That's actually what the Lions want to do with Jamison Williams. Like, hey, you go out here, you be that threat that the Debo is for San Francisco, and that makes Jameer Gibbs better. That makes Sam Laporta better. That makes everybody else better. How about how about his block on Montgomery's TD run? That was J-Mo. phenomenal. And Jamo, by the way, did get a touchdown. It was called back for a ridiculous illegal block penalty where Taylor Decker literally did not hit, touch hit, the guy he was blocking. Then hit the guy. Did not touch him. Great, and, and he made a good comeback catch. I remember. He's watching it with buddies, he and did. it's euphoric watching the Lions right now. And so he seems, you know, he put in a lot of work. Uh, videos I saw, Lions Wire, uh, Detroit Lions website. It yeah. it seems that bye week, he, you know, he put in some work. Uh, J Mo, he stayed with the team. He didn't. He didn't go off and do. See, that's what I, I like that. That's, I like that. That's what they needed to see from him. Not everybody, like a lot of guys, especially if you got families around. Like you'll go home for three or four days. They they encourage guys to get away. Um, I, I saw the video of someone meeting Hutch in the airport down in Fort Myers or Naples, right? Yeah. So he, he went down probably to, you know, yeah, a lot kind of a house he has down there, right? It's a lot of times when uh, a college will retire a player's jersey or something like that. And you know, I think Craig Reynolds got honored by his high school. He like went back. He's from he's from the Philadelphia area. He went back and did that. Like a lot of those guys will do things like that. But Jamison stayed local, stayed with, dialed in with the team, like. He he's doing everything you would ask him to do to try and get better, and he's the results. They, look, we're we're going to see results at some point. We have to, otherwise, you know, it's not going to be from lack of effort. It's just going to be from the fact that it's just not going to work, and that, that 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 does happen. It's unfortunate when that happens, but we're not we're not anywhere close to that point. And I think he's now played eleven games. Uh, that's 
There's a lot of football He's still left a rookie. Wood. Basically, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. really is. 100%. With, with the gambling suspension, with the rehab from blowing out the knee in Alabama. Yeah, offensively. And, and we'll get more into positions and special teams and Patterson saying a prayer like we all were at the end. Uh, <laughs> mine was, Lord, can you get us a field goal kicker? Even if you got to take a roster spot of a guy that can kick it 50, 55 yards because you're going to need that come playoff time. So we have a lot to discuss. Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire, Draft Wire, part of the USA Today Network. Also on the Detroit Lions podcast, Rizzy and the crew do a great job. Search Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. If you have a Lions question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Also opted on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. Any Lions NFL questions, we'll get to the NFC North. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, the race for home field advantage because I'm looking, Jeff, at the Lions' remaining schedule. Bears Sunday at home, must-win situation. Short week with Green Bay at home. They still have a decent defense. Both of these teams do. Should be 9-2 and two sometime around 4 o'clock Thanksgiving Day. Then a long extended break at New Orleans. And depending on where David Carr's health is at, uh, they're up and down all over the place. I think they're poorly coached. Remind me yes. a little bit of San Diego, that talent. but Very much so. Yeah. And injuries. Again, there's, there's a couple different injuries. Lattimore, everything that could affect the Lions game. Then at Chicago, December 10th, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, who won on Monday night in Buffalo, December 17th. Christmas Eve at the Vikings, December 30th, uh, again, a short week. At Dallas, that will be a primetime game on ABC. And at Minnesota, TBA to be announced to wrap up the regular season at home. So, you know, the magic number, I think, is three losses max, right? And then you get into tiebreakers with Philly, San Francisco, Detroit. I, I'm on that three-loss max. So the Lions can only lose one the rest of the way. I, I Based on their play, Riz, I'm going win against Chicago, win against Green Bay, win at New Orleans, win at Chicago, win against Denver, then it's going to come down to those final three games at Minnesota, at Dallas. I think one of those could be that third loss. I would agree. And then you have to beat Minnesota at the end of the year at Ford Field. On January 7th, they could be playing for home field advantage in the NFC. That Mm. would be something else. I'm with you on all that. Uh, I do think that Philadelphia has some stumble points on their schedule left. I think San Francisco, I think the way that they took care of, of Jacksonville over the weekend and are getting healthier, I think they got their bad games out of the way. Well, that's a team that they, they have a couple of really weird, bad losses. They seem to have moved on from that. Uh, we'll, we'll check. How, you know, they still have a couple. They have to play Seattle yet. Seattle's. Not bad. Um, they're certainly capable of, of doing it. Arizona's actually looking a little bit better lately. You know, they're well. They got Murray back, and and by the way, the Eagles are at Kansas City uh, coming up on Monday Night Football. 
Then the Eagles have Buffalo, and Buffalo is a train wreck right now. Buffalo with their turnovers and their wow. their mm. oh penalties. You get a window, man, and they've had that window open for what five years. You know, a, a good friend of mine uh, wrote at the beginning of the year that if he felt like the Bills peaked in twenty twenty one and were just sort of coasting off of it, and uh, Mike Tanier, you were right, my friend. Yeah, it looks <laughs> so. But this is Philly schedule. I mean, Buffalo is not a pushover, so. At Kansas City, Monday Night Football, Buffalo at home, San Francisco at home, where you're a Lions fan, you'll be rooting for the Niners to win that one, right? Absolutely. At Dallas, at Seattle, Giants, gimme win at home, Arizona at home, and at the Giants. So on the flip, when Detroit has a trip to Minnesota, a trip to Dallas, Minnesota at home, Philly has Giants, Arizona at home, Giants at home. Mm-hmm. And the Giants will probably want to be losing those games because they are the worst team in football, and they've got a real shot at getting the number one pick, and they need it. But you're looking at you need Kansas City to beat Philly on Monday. That's a must. Yes. Right? Yeah. Then they lose to San Francisco at home. Now now you're getting into the the three-loss category, and you need them to lose one of those two at Dallas, Seattle, and they're sitting on four. Four. Four losses, 13 and four. When you look at San Francisco, when you look at Philly's schedule, 13 and four might get you into that tiebreaker scenario, which the Lions, they don't play San Francisco. They don't. Or they, Dallas. Then you're going to like conference record so. and, and then strength of schedule and wins, which the Lions actually fare very well in so far. Uh, because they the, the the teams that they've beaten have a better record than the teams that so far, to this point, San Francisco and Philadelphia have beaten. So in that tiebreaker situation, they do well. You just have to get there. <laughs> and they, they, they need to get there. I think 13 and 4 is the minimum that you need to get to that. I think if you get to 14 and 3, you're feeling pretty good. Either way, though, 13 and 4, you're winning the North, you're hosting the first round of the playoffs, and you're hosting the second round of the playoffs. That's you know I don't I don't want to I don't want to pee in the Kool-Aid, but like that's that's about all you can expect from a team that's never done this before. Like I, I'll take that. I'm happy with that. I, I'll, I'll go on the road in San Francisco or Philadelphia to play for an NC championship game. Why not? And I will tell you, there's no pee in the Honolulu blue Kool-Aid from my friends at Coppercraft Distillery. So celebrate. Yeah, that's good stuff. Every Lions game day. It is awesome. Uh, 21 and up an adult crafted cocktail beverage. Blue raspberry lemonade and vodka. Look for Honolulu Blue at your local pub, bar, restaurant, or store here in Michigan. I was looking at the Niners' uh, schedule and what they have uh, remaining after winning at Jacksonville. They have Tampa Bay at Seattle at Philly. Seattle at home again. Seattle twice in They'll split. two weeks. They'll split those. At Arizona, Baltimore at home. At Washington, and boy, did Baltimore blow that game against the Browns and the Rams at home. So, I mean, Baltimore Baltimore beats teams that they haven't played them in a while. They do not beat teams that know what they're going to do. That's I like the Browns. I, I, I they their, really are. Their defense is, is nasty. Yeah, they're playing well <laughs> together, and Deshaun Watson is kind of settling in. He is, and uh, Amari Cooper has remembered that he's a number one receiver. And yeah, they're they're doing it without Nick Chubb, who's they look like money the best. And I think the AFC is going to be wide open. Uh, you know, Miami should win the East. Yeah. Right, you got the Bengals had that crushing loss to the Texans, and C.J. Stroud is in the conversation. 
not only for Rookie of the Year, but MVP. The Texans have a real shot at winning the AFC South. Wow. They're 5-4. and four. Stroud looks great. They're a game behind the Jaguars. They still have to play them, and their schedule gets easier while the Jaguars gets tougher. Like, they got a shot at this. Stroud looks awesome. He's, he's incredible. He is... He no is, buyer's remorse from oh, Carolina. Goodness, no. He right? is certainly the offensive rookie of the no, year. No, I'm talking buyer's remorse with Bryce Young. Oh, yeah. so there, there's a. We'll get into that story come draft time because uh, there, there was, there's a lot of things that went on behind the scenes there. Was um, that Frank Reich's call? Not exactly. Was that the owner saying he wanted Bryce Young? That might be the case, and that also plays into one of the reasons why Ben Johnson stayed in Detroit. Because remember, Ben Johnson had the Carolina job if he wanted it. It's his hometown. He's from Charlotte with number one overall pick, and he balked that. Well, their owner, the same guy that owns the Hornets, right, and the yeah. soccer team has a lot of... Yeah, Tepper. Yeah, has yeah. a lot of emotional uh, decision-making in him. And maybe he's thinking Bryce Young, the Alabama guy that's in the South, is going to be a draw, right? Still don't understand how you can He's think never looked in preseason games, watching him play a little junk time. He looked okay against the Lions when the game was already out of hand. But C.J. Stroud looks like a seasoned Stroud, NFL legit. veteran. Stroud is legit. He is playing fantastic. Thank football. God Michigan had his signs in that Ohio State game in Columbus. <laughs> I knew we couldn't go a segment without bringing it up. I knew it. <laughs> Superfly, the Michigan State fan, loves that. When I say Harbaugh is a victim, yeah. I was going to put up a GoFundMe account for him, but then again, he makes like $9 million a year. Hi, we should put up a GoFundMe account for his chickens. Feed Harbaugh's chickens. <laughs> What's your dad? Your dad's an Ohio State fan. He is. And we publicly stated that. What's he saying about all this? He laughed at it. Like laugh, like and, like laughed, like this is the stupidest thing on the face of the earth. And that, those are the good Ohio State fans. You both of them. His yes, all two of them. And a guy just south of Dayton. The the general take. So I was in I was in Ohio for most of last week when all this was going down, and the general take down there is well, okay, yeah, it's really stupid that they're doing it, but you still have to be able to do something with them. Like you, every team steals signals. They just do it more legally than Michigan And every team changes their signals almost game to game, week to week. Exactly. They do. They do. And if they don't, they get like Jimbo Fisher and get paid $75 million to go away. I've been waiting. I I talked to Marty Boer from the Michigan Sports Network about a $77 million buyout. He said, I'll get back with you. I said, all right, thank you. Uh, Jeff Risden, by the way, uh, in studio, Lions Wire, Draft Wire, follow both on Twitter, Facebook, online, at Jeff, R-I-S-D-O-N. Also, Jeff is part of the highly acclaimed Detroit Lions podcast you can hear weekly on YouTube. If you have a Lions question for us, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they are a Michigan-based bank. To the callers online, stick around. Michigan will hear you next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. 
Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the Blaze Through Fall Jeep Giveaway. Every Saturday in November, two hourly winners, 5 to 10 p.m., take home a cool $500 cash. At 11 p.m. each night, one lucky guest wins a hot new Jeep Renegade or 15 grand. The Blaze Through Fall Jeep Giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan. For the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on The Huge Show, our number two on a Wednesday, presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Huge week uh, with fall playoffs happening and championships across the board in boys' and girls' sports. Go to MHSAA.com for the latest brackets, schedule, uh, sites, locations, also on demand and live uh, high school boys' and girls' playoff action in all sports at MHSAA.tv. Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Draft Wire, part of the USA Today Network, one of our Lions NFL insiders in studio on this Wednesday broadcast. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff R-I-S-D-O-N and also Lions Wire and Draft Wire on Facebook, Twitter, and online and on YouTube. Search the Detroit Lions podcast. Jeff is a part of that. So Jeff, we broke down the San Diego game, talked about a need for a better red zone defense and offense and also the offensive line to get a or offensive line to get a push in the red zone, the defensive line to get a push, and not just like quarterbacks like Herbert stand there and throw. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, people ask me, is, is he living up to the hype? And 
you know, you'll see double teams, you'll see chips from, you know, backs or receivers in motion. How, how would you judge year two so far for Aiden Hutchinson? You know, it, it's tough, isn't it? Because you see him doing good things, but he's not he's not Miles Garrett. He's not Von Miller. He's not he's not a Bosa brother, although he did a lot better than Joey Bosa did on Sunday. He's really close to being really, really good. And there are times when he does hit that. But there are also times where he's just not. And I think some of it is the fact that he plays too much. He's on the field for 90% of the snaps. That's that's too much for a defensive lineman who's going to get hit on every play, who's got to dictate action on every play. I want to see him get down to like, if they're playing 70 snaps, play 50. Don't play 66. Uh, and that, that's sort of what he's been doing. I, I think you see it later in the games. He does get worn down a little bit. They need to keep him fresher. But he's the big thing with him is I want to see him finish some of those pressures that he starts because he's got that wicked inside spin move, and he gets there. But then the quarterback gets out of the way and does something. And it, it, that happened. that's happened several times this year in a bunch of different games. He's got to finish what he starts better. He's really, really good at creating the pressure. And some of the some of the fact that it, the sacks aren't coming is because the guys on the other side aren't getting it done, and that that's out of his control. But when he gets an arm on a guy or two hands on a guy, they got to go down, man. And he, he he's got to get better at that. That that's a very valid criticism that we hear a lot. He's the, the there there are a lot of fans that think that he's a colossal disappointment that uh, uh, called him invisible. On Sunday, I would challenge you to to watch that game again because uh, he was he was doing a lot. He did get I want to say it was six pressures. Uh, he hit Herbert uh, twice, which is two more than anybody else did. Um, Anzalone got him once. Doing it by yourself is difficult, and I think this goes into where the Charles Harrises of the world, the Josh Pascals of the world, uh, the O'Quara brothers of the world have to do more. And right now, they're not getting it done. Uh, I, Quite frankly, I don't know why Romeo Okora plays. He's just not a threat to beat even bad blocking at this point. Uh, that that probably needs to, to go away. You know what? There's a lot of people that want to think that James Houston's coming back. So uh, we did an interview with uh, Dr. Jimmy Liao. Uh, he's a, a sports medicine professional. And we talked about James Houston potentially coming back because this is something that you know a lot of people are like, oh, he'll be back. Well... The, the good doc uh, did not have good news on that front because of the, the, the nature of the injury and the position that he plays. It, it, he, he broke the ankle um, and broke it clean. And the problem is is that his position and the way he wins is because he, can, he has such good ankle flexion, which means when he puts his foot down, he can corner, he can get low, he can explode off of it. And you just can't do that with a surgically repaired. It's going to take some time for that to come back. Um, and he, he cited a couple of different examples of players that took, you know, four months, six months, seven months before they ever got back. And it's been two for, for James Houston. That happened, uh, unfortunately, er, very early in the season. So it doesn't look like they're going to get a lot of help from there. So, you, you, you know, Dan Campbell brought it up Monday, and it's something that he's talked about before. And when he's talking to us in the media, he's talking to his team. Uh, make no make no bones about that. He's he's using us as a conduit to talk to his team. 
but he talked about you need to win one-on-one better, and he's right on. And that's that's an area where Hutchinson does really well, and the rest of that line not so much. And I think because because those guys aren't as big of a threat, they can devote more attention to Hutch, and it makes it that much more difficult for him to make the plays. So, you know, like I said, it, it's complex with Hutchinson because you see a lot of greatness. You really do. But it's not always equating to the stat sheet, and it's not always equating to what's happening on the field, and that's a little frustrating. I get that, but for fans that think he's a disappointment or getting rid of him, I, 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 I think you're all crazy, quite frankly. <laughs> In watching that game on Sunday, where I do stop and pause from my nitpicking, maybe hard evaluation of this team, Aiden Hutchinson hasn't even completed two years in the NFL. Not making excuses. I'm watching Gibbs. I'm looking at Laporta with big catches late. I'm looking at Jamo, which you mentioned, 11 games, basically a rookie. Touchdown call back, nice comeback grab. Huge block that Montgomery even uh, pointed out. I'm watching the youth of this team come in. That even Raymond coming up with a big grab and the ability on Holmes landing Donovan Peoples-Jones to now free up the possibility of Raymond helping you more on offense. I look at Campbell, still learning. Yeah, he's a rookie. He got trucked, and Keenan Allen gave him a nice stiff arm, but you know he puts his nose and he grinds. And I, I see a team that, you know, golf is still under 30, right? Yes, he is. Uh, they're young. I know our expectations. My personal expectations, Rizzy, are sky high. I said 14-3 and three all summer with you. Yes, you did. Uh, in studio. They said, I, I believe they have the Super Bowl talent. Again, can you win in Philly? Can you win in San Francisco in end of January? I don't know. You know, I, I, if I looked at the schedule and said, hey, I'm going to predict they're going to win at Kansas City, at Green Bay, at Tampa, and at the L.A. Chargers. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I might have laughed at you. Yeah, they'll win them all. <laughs> so I, I, I do take a deep breath because they won the game. And I think that's what Dan Campbell was sending that message that I shared off the Detroit Lions, hundred uh, percent Facebook and Twitter pages that you can you can nitpick this game to death, but the bottom line is we found a way to win. That's what good teams do. That's exactly what he said. That's what good teams do. They find ways to win when things aren't going their way. That's what they did. They've done that a couple of times this year, and like I talked about in the earlier segment, that being able to win a game against a good offense by outscoring them because your defense wasn't getting it done. That's not something that I thought that the Lions could do. Like I, I'm a pretty big believer in the Lions offense, but I'm going toe to toe with, with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, who's uh, about as close to, to Calvin Johnson as anybody that's playing today. Uh, by the way, look at, look at Keenan Allen's numbers historically. You guys go to the hall of fame someday. Uh, very little question about that. Uh, it's it's not like they were getting beat by bad you know by by schlubs you know they're they're going against legit dudes there and they the fact that that Goff and Campbell found a way to win that game by the way Goff, Campbell milking the clock at the end making sure that okay we have the ball on the last play if we miss the field goal we're go to overtime we're good with that we're not giving them the ball back. That's not something that he would have done two years ago. He's learned. That that was encouraging to me. Win or lose or make that field goal or not, 
he played it right. He played it smart. That's that's progress because he didn't used to do that. Yeah, his football is on the four down calls. I, I get that. I also, though, on the flip side, that I, I love Patterson hitting the game winner. But come playoff time, or maybe even here, end of the season, when you got th- those games that could be the difference between home field advantage or being on the road late in the playoffs, they 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 need someone that can hit a fifty to fifty five yard. And they don't really have that, and that, I, I know you got to live they with. Don't them. Yeah, it is what they do. But so they go for it on fourth down all the time, and, and I'm fine with that. And they're good at it. They're historically good at it. Like it's they will they'll run it, they'll throw it. You got like I said the the young side of this team, uh, the way they have stepped up, Rizzy. We got a lot to talk about. You're with us. For another hour uh, in studio, talking Lions NFL. If you have a comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they are a Michigan bank. Uh, Drop your comments. Like I said, add HUGE Show on Twitter, the HUGE Show on Facebook, and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. Everything HUGE 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's a Black Friday free fall every week in November. Each week, nab the best deal around with drawings from 3 to 11 p.m. Every hour, four lucky players will win up to $1,000 premium play. Don't miss a moment of the excitement. It's Black Friday Freefall, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my friends at Urban U. They're Michigan's best med spot. Now, they have multiple locations in the Grand Rapids metro area, and you'll find an Urban U location in Northville on the east side of the state. And this is a message for any guy listening right now. How often do you think about your skin health care? Well, Urban U has multiple options that could help you immediately. Whether you work out a lot, you run, your job requires a lot of sweating, you need to think about your skin health care, and Urban U can help you, hydrofacials, and so much more, or even your kids. Think about that. If your son, your daughter's playing a lot of sports and they're having trouble with their skin health care, Urban U has options that can help today. Just go to TheUrbanU.com to find out more. Locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and on the east side of the state in Northville. Go to TheUrbanU.com. Save on Thanksgiving in one stop at Meyer. Get a Meyer Grade A frozen turkey, 59 cents per pound, limit one, plus all the potatoes, stuffing, and tasty pies you could want. And preview Black Friday deals in the Meyer app. Deals so good, you just gotta celebrate. Get Thanksgiving in one stop and shop holiday deals this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. 
You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment, Hour 2 on a Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You have a ton of fall sports championships going on, high school football playoffs this weekend, all the schedules, brackets at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook, and live and on-demand boys and girls fall sports playoffs at MHSAA.tv. Jeff Risden, more commentary uh, with him coming up after the top of the hour. I do have a message from my friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers listening right now can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game, win or lose. You'll get the 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. Simple and easy. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And as I mentioned, new customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and only when you use code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117, must be 21 or older, physically present in Michigan. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. So Rizzy is still in the hizzy. We'll talk about the Lions. What about Gibbs and Montgomery? Are they the best? Running back combination in the NFL. If you do have an NFL question, you can drop it. Or Lions question on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838. We'll also get to the commentary about the Lions O-line, home field advantage, and more. Rizzy talking Lions in the NFL in our next segment. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a Wednesday broadcast on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show in Michigan. 19 stations strong for the one close to you. Go to the huge show.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We're also welcoming in Jeff Risden, one of our Lions NFL insiders, Lions Wire 
and DraftWire on Facebook and Twitter and online. Follow them at Jeff R-I-S-D-O-N on Twitter for the latest on the Lions in the NFL. And also Jeff is part of the crew for the Detroit Lions podcast that you can find on YouTube. Just search Detroit Lions podcast. And Jeff, I know we spent last hour kind of looking at the San Diego game, or scratch that, the L.A. Chargers uh, game in L.A., uh, where the Lions Nation just took over the stadium, but Jets did it on Monday night. I mean, Chargers have no local fans. They They don't. don't. They really don't. It was, it was uh, I know a couple people that were at the game, they said it was between 50 and 60% Lions. And towards the end of the game, you could hear Let's Go Lions over the broadcast. And Tony Romo even brought it up. He's like, it feels like we're at a Lions game. The, the Lions fans, they're traveling so well this year. Uh, I, know, I know a ton of people went to the, the Tampa Bay game where, you know, they. that one was fun because after the game, One of the Lions players was doing, oh, it was Jameer Gibbs, who's a soft-spoken guy, and he's doing interviews from the field, like on national TV, and you can't hear him because the Let's Go Lions is so loud. There's there's like a thousand people still there 45 minutes after the game. That's the fun part of this game, and that's, you know, you and I are going to nitpick about these things. We we get paid to, but it's also like we got to enjoy the ride, and I think a little of it, especially coming out of this game where they gave up so many points on defense. The defense wasn't acceptable. There's no no doubt about that. And it's 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 perfectly natural to complain about it and point out what's wrong. But they did win the game. They are seven and two. They're doing things that we haven't seen them do in a very long time. The last time they were seven and two was 2014. Didn't work out so well. Uh, I still think they should have won that playoff game against Dallas. Um, my my friend, and I mean this legit, Dean Blandino is a legitimate friend of mine. He's on our Detroit Lions podcast a lot. He's a great guy, <laughs> but uh, he, he takes a lot of crap for uh, mm. that flag going away. Um, wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah uh, and that yeah. earlier, he was on, you know, they had photos from him on Jerry Jones's party bus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah, he, but this is a different team, a different a very, era. Very different team. And, and the one thing that I remarked on Monday of my opening huge opinion, Jeff, that this is the most enjoyable Lions team I've ever watched because it covers all areas. It, it, it covers the front office when you look at the talent acquisitions, when you look at this draft's impact. Uh, the last two drafts and their impact uh, on the Lions on the field. It's the coaches. It's the fourth down calls uh, by Campbell. It's the emotion and fire and culture that's been built. It's the talent, the young side of it, uh, with a young franchise quarterback that really gives you hope not only for a one-hit wonder year, uh, but a run and a run of you know four to seven years with this team before you have to pay everybody, and then you lose people because of the NFL salary cap. But seeing Gibbs and Montgomery together and the damage they did on a pretty darn good defense on Sunday in L.A., that was very impressive. It really was. And going into the game, the biggest – the Chargers, the strength of their team is their defensive front. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. um, People don't know who Morgan Fox is. He's a really good player. Um, Tuli Tuli Polutu Pulotu is a front runner for defensive rookie of the year. He leads all rookies in sacks and tackles for loss independently. Uh, he came out of USC. He's, he's been really, really good for them. 
the offensive line blocks really well, and then the the one two punch of Montgomery and Gibbs keeping them fresh and and rotating them. They did not use them together. I, I kind of want to see that wrinkle come out, but they didn't didn't necessarily need to do that against the Chargers. But we might might see it against the Bears. Might see that against the Packers more uh, on Thanksgiving. But uh, the the way that they can just roll those guys in, and the, you saw it in that game. Montgomery could break outside and win with the speed. Gibbs can go inside, lower his shoulder, and win that way. Like, you can't pigeonhole these guys. The, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were a good one-two punch, but they were much more one-dimensional backs. Both of these guys can do a lot, and that makes it a real difficult team to defend, especially when you got Panay Sewell and Jonah Jackson and a healthy Frank Ragnall snowplowing people out of the way. Yeah, O-line we haven't talked about. They were fantastic. They really were. On Sunday. Was, uh, was fabulous. Panay Sewell erased Joey Bosa from the game. That I'll, I'll say that again. Panay Sewell erased Joey Bosa from... He had one assisted tackle. He did not sniff Jared Goff. Did not get credited with one single QB pressure the entire game. That's the number one overall pick in the was 2017 draft. Um, four-time All-Pro. Panay absolutely erased him from the game. Taylor Decker on the other side gave up one pass rush to Khalil Mack. Got beat another time on an inside move where he, he sort of ran into Jonah Jackson. It was a little bit of a miscommunication. Other than that, he was had a complete a clean slate. And he, on the fourth down play where, uh, where they, they hit Laporta, he absolutely annihilated his man. Um, n- no question about it. And that Goff needs that, and, and it, it makes Goff drive. But the, the fact that they can run the ball the way that they do, out of different formations, out of different ways, you know, they're not just, you know, Jamal Williams was great. Like third and three, he's getting you three and a half. First and ten, he's getting you three and a half. Like <laughs> David Montgomery, that, that run, the, the little jump cut that he made where the two charges ran into each other like that that's not a move that you expect a thick dude like david montgomery to, like david montgomery's a well-built guy like he he looks he looks like he's built like a linebacker like he's he's got thick thighs he's got a big upper torso he's you know he looks like a guy who doesn't ever miss the weight room like and then you get gibbs in and he's all kind of i don't want to say he's slightly built but he's not a guy that like he's built much more like a point guard than than a power forward but man, he could, he's he's lowering it's and the fact that they can play action and the the sell on the play action, Bill, my favorite play from the game, aside from the Montgomery run. The play action fake where the CBS camera crew did not know that Jared Goff had thrown the ball to Brock Wright over the top for the touchdown because they were so sure that Goff gave the ball to Gibbs, and both Goff and Gibbs sold the ball like mothers, man. It was beautiful. Every single Charger was looking at them. There goes Brock Wright, one of the slowest tight ends in the league, getting wide open behind the defense because of the execution and attention to detail on that. That's why this team is fun. That's why we're having fun with this team. And like you said, they're so young. Panay Sewell, he's 22. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> Taylor Decker is a senior citizen on that offensive line. He's 29, playing great. <laughs> like, they're so young yet. The jump cuts by both Gibbs and Montgomery are as good Ooh. as anybody in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Is there a better tandem of running backs in the league? Not anybody better. There might be no, some as equal- a tandem. Yeah, as a tandem. I'm, I'm talking yeah, tandem. You got, obviously, McCaffrey, right? 
Yeah, Swift is doing a great job with Philly. Swift is doing he a great really job. He really is. He he needed that's to go, a, but that's a solid offensive line. They also have a, they have a great offensive line in Philadelphia too. He he needed the change of scenery. It happens. You know how that goes. Some guys just don't fit in certain places. He he had to go, and he did it. Um, you know, they're 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 good. You, you know, you see, there, there's some there's some good teams around, but I don't. I wouldn't say that anybody's better than what Detroit has. Uh, and then you bring Craig Reynolds in as sort of a you know. Short yardage finisher, uh, he's they're very set at running back. Very that, so much that they let Divino Zigbo go off the practice squad yesterday. Is there? I know we talked earlier uh, in the four p.m. hour about the defensive line, the lack of push. Herbert st- sitting there throwing the Aiden, you know, getting wore out a little bit. Which I agree with you. Towards the end of the game, maybe less snaps, rotate them in and out. Uh, are there other areas where the Lions are hurting that could show in their bigger games left on the schedule and even into the playoffs? Which, by the way, I was looking at CBS Sports. They have them 97.9% sure of the postseason, mid-80s, 85% of winning the NFC North. I have to double-take when I look at that stuff. It doesn't seem real sometimes, does no, it? No, it does. It really doesn't. So do they have enough in the remaining big games on this schedule, which would be, I know it's the NFL and it's any given Sunday, I get that, but I kind of look at New Orleans, they're down, but the really yeah. big games to me right now would be at Minnesota, uh, at Dallas and Minnesota at home. Yeah, you know, you win that first Minnesota game, I think, you're, I think you've got the North. But they got enough, though. What do you think? They need they need early season Derek Barnes to come back. He quietly has not been great the last couple of weeks. He's disappeared. He he kind of has. And one of the things is that they're playing Jack Campbell more as a Sam, which is more of a pass rush role. And he's not doing all that well at that either. And I, I wish they would sort of go back to, to having them play with the way that they were playing. I don't want Derek Barnes in coverage ever. Um, it's just not it's not what he's good at. He's good at at finding, at fi- reading where the play is going to go, and attacking it, um, the drop cover that, that that's not what he does. So I, I think that the linebacker Anzalone's been brilliant. Um, he is in he is a Pro Bowl player this year. Anzalone's look pretty good. On they really the did. TV Those, and the Facebook and Twitter photos. I got to say, I love the fact that Lions fans have come around on Alex Anzalone. He is a great guy. I've known him since since he was at Florida. Really easy to get a root for. He got off to a bad start in Detroit, no doubt about that. He was never as god awful as what he was made out to be. Uh, I know the the folks who like to look at the pro football focus grades PFF. I actually talked to the guys from PFF this summer, um, and they admitted that they didn't know what to do with Anzalone. That they probably were too hard on him because they were assigning plays as negatives to him that weren't his. Uh, just for whatever reason, because he he is so attentive that he will run into the range of another play who is not making another player who's not making the play, and they were crediting it to Anzalone. It's like, oh, that was Will Harris who screwed that up. You know, that, that was Jeff Okuda who screwed that up. You know, that was that was Derek Barnes who missed that. You know, the, he he's been that electric. He's he's done a lot better this year. He did not have a great game other than rushing rushing the passer either. Against the Chargers, he needs to step up a little bit. The mobile quarterbacks, and we'll see it whether it's it's Justin Fields or Tyson Bajant this weekend. Bajant can run; he's an athlete. You're going to see that a little bit. Jordan Love can run a little bit, although he's kind of timid at it. The next couple of weeks, I think, is a good chance for them to get 
running quarterbacks who aren't that good at throwing and figure out a way to handle more mobile quarterbacks. Because Herbert didn't run, but he can. And that's that's the step that they have to take if they want to beat Geno Smith. Uh, Brock Purdy doesn't run. He, he, he's a little bit more athletic than Jared Goff, but he's, he's not a threat to run. Jalen Hurts, though, if you get him, then you're dealing with the same problem that you've had with Lamar Jackson and and Geno Smith and some of the other – Patrick Mahomes. Their ability to throw when most players would run or run when most players would throw – is a real problem for the defense. It's a problem for every defense. But the Lions specifically, if they want to get better, they've got to clean that up. And that's linebackers, that's safeties, that's Tracy Walker being a little bit more decisive in, in his coverage choices. That's the outside corners, Jerry Jacobs and Cam Sutton. Being more reliable so that Walker and Brian Branch and Kirby Joseph don't have to shade away a little bit. Because right now, both those guys, they're they're good, but they need some help sometimes. And like you saw what the Jets did when they played the Chargers. Sauce Gardner was on Keenan Allen. They didn't, safety didn't have to worry about that. Lions don't have that guy, so they have to scheme a little bit different, and that's that's where they get into trouble with the running quarterbacks. That's where they need to tighten things up. Aaron Glenn's got to figure out a way somehow to to tighten that up without losing the the integrity of what else they do because everything else they do is, aside from the Chargers game, has been pretty good on defense. Uh, but that the the mobile quarterback that can throw is an issue. And again, it's not just an issue for Detroit. It's an issue for most teams. That's an area where they have to get better if they want to win the postseason. I, 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 would, I would throw Dak Prescott into that, that conversation too. He's a guy that can throw um, and can extend plays and hit you over the top with good receivers. And that's, that's, that's what Lamar Jackson did. That's what Geno Smith did. Herbert did some of that. Like that, that's where they got to get better because that's how they're going to win. You're not going to win shootouts all the time. It's nice that you can score 41 against the Chargers. I think they can score 41 against the 49ers or the Eagles. I think 30 is probably about as high as they can get. I know Herbert only had four carries for 15 yards, but it was the fact that he should have been sacked and dropped 100%. that Herbert was outrunning the Lions defenders. Whether it was Hutch or a linebacker, again, I don't have all four carries, but that yeah. visual didn't impress me. No, and and that's where we talked about Hutchinson earlier. He's got to finish some of those plays, too. Uh, he's been good. He can be a little bit better on that as well. It would be great if somebody on the other side, whether it's Josh Paschal or John Kaminsky or Julian O'Quara. Kaminsky has disappeared, hasn't he? He's up and down. He's, he's really good when he's lined up between Aleem McNeil and Aiden Hutchinson. When he's not in that specific spot, he does go away um, and isn't very effective, and you know he's he, he's going to give you, he's going to bring you his lunch pail. He's a he's a very you know the epitome of a guy who has started over and made it work. And uh, this guy he was an option quarterback in high school, played at a D two school that nobody's heard of, Charleston. Worked his way was a was a colossal flop in Atlanta as I think it was a fourth round pick. Just, like they were ready to cut him right away. Found his way into Detroit. He's a useful player, but he's probably being asked to do a little bit too much if you're asking him to get you know six and a half sacks in a, in a season. What about the matchup with the Bears on Sunday? Why do you like the Lions to win? And is there anything that concerns you where the Bears could stun the Lions and leave Detroit with a W? So the Bears' defense has gotten better. The, the trade that they made, getting Montez Sweat in, one of the things that that did, that restored pecking order to their defense. I'm, as you know, Bill, I'm very big on that. Like, if you're 
like Jeff Okuda when he was in Detroit. He's a number three cornerback. They were asking him to be number one. He was playing above his pay grade. All the guys on Chicago's front were were playing above their pay grade. Now that Sweat's there, those guys are where they're supposed to be. He's the number two. He's the number three. That's That's where he's designed to be. That has helped their defense. And their linebacking play has stepped up a little bit, even though you've never heard of these guys. They're they're more dangerous. To, I, I will say this. The Bears are better than the Packers right now. No doubt in my mind about that. The Bears are more dangerous than the Packers. Uh, the Packers are the worst team in the NFC North. I, I don't even think it's all that close anymore. They just they don't scare me nearly as much as what the Bears do because the Bears, especially if Fields is in the game, they can win. They know how to win games when their quarterback can't complete passes. And they know how to manufacture pass rush, and now they don't have to. So they they have become a more dangerous team. The Lions are still better than them on offense. They're better than them on defense. They're better than them at taking the ball away. They're certainly better on the offensive line. But Chicago's got enough that like you can't get sleep on them. Uh, but I, I I think the Lions. This is where I trust in Dan Campbell and the message that he's sent and the way that he talks to his team and has them ready. I think they're going to be fine for this game. Uh, I, 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 I hope that they, I hope that they put it away, and I hope that they take advantage of opportunities. You know, they they could have been leading that Chargers game twenty-one to nothing or twenty-one to seven, and they weren't. They squandered they opportunities. They could have put them away early. Absolutely, yes. Thank you. That's that's the point I was looking for. They should have. I want to see them do that against the Bears because if you let the Bears linger around. They do have just enough to be scary, and uh, you know I'll throw a bone to the, the the contingency of Bears fans that are out in West Michigan. There's a lot of y'all out there. You're getting better, but you're not as good as the Lions. The Lions Sorry. have three games. If they have any thoughts of home field advantage in the playoffs, they have the Bears on Sunday. Short turnaround, Turkey Day game with the Packers, then a break, and at New Orleans, three must wins in a row. And then I think with Denver. Yeah. Back in Detroit. So really, you're looking at a stretch here where the Lions can truly be a they, contender. Bill, they could be 11-2. and two. That's what I'm saying for the NFC. How about that? Home field advantage. Can you imagine with the bye and you, you're two wins away at home from the Super Bowl? Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and it's real. And the other thing we talked about, they're so young. This might be the worst Lions team of the next couple of years. Well, you know what would be good about <laughs> getting home field advantage is that Niners and the Eagles would have to play each other there you in go. one of those NFC semifinals. And you're worrying about Dallas or the NFC South champ, whoever that so might probably be. Dallas, probably Dallas. Yeah, probably Because I'm looking at the CBS Sports NFL power rankings this week. Eagles one, Chiefs two, Lions three, Cowboys four, Niners five. That's your NFL power poll. Browns uh, have bumped up. I think they were number were they six or they bumped up. Yeah, the Browns are a no, team. No, Dolphins no, the, the, are six. Browns are seven. The Ravens should be up high. Yeah, Ravens team. are eight. Okay. Seahawks at nine. So there yeah. you go with your power pole. And the Jags only fell from third to tenth. But the Lions are right there, man. And the schedule is set up to take care of business. You know what's cool is. is that there's not a lot of pushback against the Lions being the third best team in the NFL. Like, people aren't like... Come on. Yeah, Tony Romo saying they could win the Super Bowl. Jim Nance is saying it at the end of the broadcast. We could see the Lions in Vegas where they're hosting the Super Bowl. I gotta hope so. I, I, I It's uncharted territory. I will tell you, for the first time in my professional career, I applied for Super Bowl credentials this year. 
on the off chance that my team might get there. Were you hammered on Honolulu Blue and <laughs> Coppercraft Distillery? Those are good, man. I believe it. <laughs> Make sure you celebrate uh, game day or Alliance W with Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. If you're 21 and up, blue raspberry lemonade and vodka available at your local restaurant, pub, bar, or in stores all across Michigan. Uh, what's your prediction on the Lions and the Bears? I think they're going to win 30 to 20, I think is where I got them. You know, winning by 10. I think they're favored by, the last time I looked was eight and a half. I haven't looked in, in, since like Tuesday morning, but uh, eight and a half, nine and a half feels feels about right. I feel like, you know, you know 27, uh, 14, 31, 17, something like that. Yeah, that, that, that. Well, that, but, that absolutely makes sense. But if the undrafted rookie, the D2 guy, I think they'll have a, is a starter, not Fields. Yeah. And Fields hasn't By played, the way, so. be prepared to be barraged with Tyson Bajan's dad, professional arm wrestler. Uh, that he, he made his living arm wrestling. Like, it's a great story. That's what I did before I got in the radio. I can, I can see that about yeah, you. Yeah, I did. Yeah. The Crusher. Uh, that's a whole other uh, show conversation. Yeah, it, he, he, it's the uh, the Taylor Swift conversation on the other side. Oh you know? God! Yeah, it, 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 Travis it, Kelsey on their bye week went to Argentina with her, or South America, and then she's running into his arms at a concert, and he's there. For a, for a kid from Cleveland, that's pretty good for him. I'll give him that. They look like they're going to get married. They so, do. So and she I, changed the lyrics to a song. She did. Uh, to say, my man from the Kansas City Chiefs. I am not a Swifty at all. I'm it, just, not, just is your my, daughter? No. My, my daughter is uh, much more into the I Prevail version of Blank Space. Um, my, my, my daughter. Yeah, your music goes, uh, not eclectic, but you go into like deep. We go deep hard. Cuts, deep cuts. We go hard. Did you go to Metallica? I wish I could have. I, I've seen them before uh, twice. I missed that one. I've seen them like 11 times. They're, they're fantastic. I, I did just a schedule. Couldn't get there this week. Yeah, I couldn't either. But, uh, and Campbell, they, they, they showed the photo of Metallica knocking on his door. James at, Hetfield trying to, that was, that was that really awesome. good. That's probably, You know they left him something. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Props to the Lions for playing along with that. Also, Give it up to Metallica for for like buying into it. I'm, I never, I didn't get any audio because again, some of these bands won't let you get any audio no, here. No. I'm trying to think that <laughs> one of them didn't have a Lions jersey on or they didn't play to that. I didn't. I don't. I don't know. I, I no. wasn't there. I didn't actually talk to anybody who was there. It was it was a tough ticket to get. That would have been. And, yeah. and I can't believe we're not using Enter Sandman to the Lions coming out. You, you've seen Virginia Tech do that. It is unbelievable. It's, it's unreal. I, I need it to is, get down to Blacksburg is, for one of those. It is just <laughs> phenomenal. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Jeff Risden, Lions Wire, Draft Wire, Twitter, Facebook, online, at Jeff, R-I-S-D-O-N, one of our Lions NFL insiders. Also, you can find Jeff, part of the Detroit Lions podcast crew. Look for that weekly Lions podcast on YouTube. Uh, We'll talk next week. Look back at the Bears and the quick turnaround with the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. Talk about a 9-2 team coming up. Sounds Mm. good. Yeah, it'll be 8-2 on Sunday. Short turnaround, then a break going to New Orleans. You could see on Sunday what the fresh legs do to an NFL team when the other team doesn't have uh, fresh legs. So, Jeff, uh, enjoy the game. Thank you. All right, Jeff Risden in studio. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. You have a Lions comment or question, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. 
on Facebook and opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the Blaze Through Fall Jeep Giveaway. Every Saturday in November, two hourly winners, 5 to 10 p.m., take home a cool $500 cash. At 11 p.m. each night, one lucky guest wins a hot new Jeep Renegade or 15 grand. The Blaze Through Fall Jeep Giveaway, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my friends at Urban U. They're Michigan's best med spa. Now, they have multiple locations in the Grand Rapids metro area, and you'll find an Urban U location in Northville on the east side of the state. And this is a message for any guy listening right now. How often do you think about your skin health care? Well, Urban U has multiple options that could help you immediately. Whether you work out a lot, you run, your job requires a lot of sweating, you need to think about your skin health care, and Urban U can help you, hydrofacials, and so much more, or even your kids. Think about that. If your son, your daughter's playing a lot of sports and they're having trouble with their skin health care, Urban U has options that can help today. Just go to theurbanu.com to find out more. Locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and on the east side of the state in Northville. Go to theurbanu.com. Earn bonus points with M-Perks at Meyer for just one more way to save this holiday season. Shop groceries, apparel, gifts, and more and earn points on it all. And right now, earn two times the points for every dollar you spend on select Meyer brand food. Earn points every time you shop and redeem them anytime you want. Make Meyer your one-stop shop for everything you need this holiday season. And with M-Perks, you'll save even more. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition canned cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on segment two, hour number three on a Wednesday broadcast presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Remember, uh, fall sports championships are rolling on, boys and girls. For the complete bracket schedules and results, go to MHSAA.com. Also, if you want to look for on-demand or live boys and girls playoff games, championships from the fall, or at any time, go to MHSAA.com. Dot TV. That is MHSAA.TV. Do want to thank Jeff Risden from Lions Wire, stopping by, good man, Draft Wire, Detroit Lions Podcast. We all have Lions fever. And remember, if you're 21 and up, enjoy that adult craft cocktail, blue raspberry lemonade, and vodka Honolulu Blue from my friends 
at Coppercraft Distillery. You can find that at your local bar, restaurant, pub, or stores all across Michigan. And the Lions get the Bears on Sunday. I think the Lions are favored by eight and a half points on Sunday. Eight and a half. I do have a message from my friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So if you're a Pistons NBA fan, you're a new customer, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's win or lose with that team. You get it uh, instantly. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code HUGE when you sign up. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, but only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Michigan. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. We do have another edition of True and Blue presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police coming up in just a few minutes. I also had a request from Rob and Dor off the huge text chain. Hey, I haven't heard the Connie call for a while. Could you play it? Well, to that huge show listener in Dor, here's your long distance request the infamous Connie call. Let's go to Connie and Flint, one of our huge audience members. Thanks for the wait. And you're on this broadcast across Michigan. Hello, Mr. Huge. How you doing? Well, I'm about, this is the first time call. Great. I want to hear some women calling in here. What's the matter with these sports-minded women? Why do you want to hear some women? Because they, they some of them are good sports people. Man, how, how old are you, Connie? 79. 79 years old. So you like to hear those little female voices on the radio, don't you? No, I just like to hear women get interested in sports. Really? Cause you're I, 70, lo- I love hockey. You love hockey, you big wings fan? Yes. Who's your favorite wing? Shanahan. Shanahan. Is you, and is your wife around, Connie? My wife? Yeah. You're... I am a female. Oh, I'm sorry. You're sorry. Your, your man there did the same thing. <laughs> I'll be damned. Lost my identity. <laughs> I hope you choke to death, huge. I'm sorry, Connie. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. Not a lesbian either. You're not a lesbian. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you got your laugh for the day, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> now you got me doing it. Mother, did you? Did you, Mother? Mother, did you not? Oh, oh God, Connie. Oh, 
That's the best laugh you've had all day. That's the best laugh I've had in a while, girl. (laughs) I I got cursed with this low voice. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. Everybody does it. (laughs) I'm I'm used to it. And you got to tell everybody you're not a lesbian? Yeah. (laughs) Especially when they ask me where my wife is. You know, laughing is good for you. Oh, I know, Connie. I know that. Well, I'm getting a good dose, good dose, good dose of healing right now. I'll have to call you more often. Yeah, well, you do that, Connie. You stay in touch, okay? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Flint Generals too. All right, well, great. Uh, and when Chris Bird fights Tyson, I hope he just beats his butt. All right, Connie. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mr. Huge. See you, Mrs. Connie. (laughs) (laughs) Mahler, Mahler, did you you ask the same thing? I called her sir. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I can't pay. I can't pay for some of these callers. (laughs) Oh, man, the show is so unpredictable. Everything huge, 24-7 at net. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com slash business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino. Single record of the year is Better Man. Even here, Better Man. Album of the year, Killin' Time. Come on up again, Clint Black. This Killin' Time. Clint Black with special guest Josh Grayson. nothing to lose. Start at $40, on sale now at the box office and etix.com. Clint Black and Josh Grayson, Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA.com on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls high school sports MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24 7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Time for another edition of True and Blue, which happens each and every week on The Huge Show, 
presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And what we do is have one-on-one conversations with great men and women across our state who are in law enforcement and protect and serve and those who help support law enforcement. And today we welcome in Joe Staple, founder of Help Michigan Heroes. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be on. All right, let's talk about uh, how you founded Help Michigan Heroes and what they're all about. Uh, uh, I uh, found out I was uh, I had cumulative PTSD in nineteen, or excuse me, in two thousand seventeen. Uh, Purely by accident, uh, I knew something was wrong, but uh, I wasn't quite sure what. And I proceeded to start to get therapy uh, uh, here locally in Muskegon, and uh, continued thinking. Wait a minute, I don't want others retiring, uh, other officers retiring, and finding out the way I did. I'd like to make sure. I can help somehow, and so in talking with my therapist, I came up with the idea that, wait a minute, found out that their co-pays are 40 to $140 a visit for officers for mental health care, and I said, uh, that something's wrong there. We got to do something to help out. Uh, tried various different connections with other nonprofits. Finally, I decided, nope, got to start my own. And I did uh, in March of 2023. Uh, on March 3rd, we became a uh, fully accredited nonprofit here in the state of Michigan. And our goal is to uh, help pay for co-pays for those officers uh, retired. And then our uh, goal has changed a little bit, and we're shooting for 2024 to uh, help uh, on-the-job officers also, uh, including uh, retired uh, officers. Uh, uh, One, with information. Two, how to deal with what you have and how we can get you funding uh, and uh, to assist you with uh, dealing with your PTSD that you may or may not have. Joe Staple is founder of Help Michigan Heroes, reaching out and helping those brave men and women in law enforcement across our state. And, man, when you look at his uh, resume, uh 20 years full and part-time as an officer in three different departments in Muskegon County, uh, and he still is there uh, helping men and women uh, who wear the blue across this state. If there's somebody listening who wants to connect to Help Michigan Heroes, uh, Facebook page, website, what's the easiest way, Joe? We have a... uh, um, uh Website, helpmichiganheroes.org. Helpmichiganheroes.org, right? One word, yeah, one word, dot org, yep. And they uh, can see how to contribute, how to get help, how to uh, uh, connect, and and we can uh, go from there. Uh, Before I let you go, you you talked about you realized that uh, through all the years in law enforcement, you had different situations that brought on post-traumatic stress syndrome uh how long did you say that it took you before you knew you had it and then how'd you step up and deal with it uh 
again, uh, I, I guess originally I thought all police officers uh, would uh, remember all of their fatal uh, complaints or the fatal uh, assignments or fatal uh, accidents, uh, and I just thought that was normal. And then I, uh, talking to a gentleman and uh, that is involved with Veterans Administration, and he said, I asked him, hey, uh, what do you do with uh, PTSD, with uh, soldiers that have veterans that have PTSD? And he said, why do you ask? And I said, well, I've got these memories. I, you know, I, I, I pretty, I can remember every accident scene right down to detail. I've never looked at a report. I've never, he said, Joe, you've got cumulative PTSD. I said, what are you talking about? I wasn't in the war. Uh, Joe, emergency responder. And then the light bulb came on. I said, oh, <laughs> and he steered me to get help. Uh, I went through the, uh, uh, Health West uh, here in Muskegon County, the health uh, center uh, for the county, and then I was uh, sent to a local uh, therapist, and I have been with her since 2017. Uh, basically, PTSD is a life sentence. You, it doesn't go away. You have to learn how to deal with it. And that is the important thing. And I have learned a lot and, and still learning, but I have learned how to deal with it and not get too excited and just say, oh, wait a minute, you got to sit back a minute and, and think about it. And, and that is what the, my therapist has helped me with so much, and that's why I said I have to help others coming up. I can't let these people... And so I said, 83 counties, and I figured out I only need a million four to help 10 uh, police officers in every county in the state of Michigan, and I can take care of them for a year, and, and it went on and on. And so it's now, uh, it, it's just such a positive thing. I, I keep getting uh, contacts from people. I, my first discussion with the FOP here in Muskegon as at a meeting, got done talking about it, said, I'm the guinea pig. I'm the one that had a breakdown in my office. I said, guys, all I ask is that you listen, think about it. If you had a problem, you know, please plan on doing something about it. Don't just uh, try to... Uh, drink an extra beer, take an extra pill, whatever. That's not going to do it. And at the end of the meeting, I had three young people. And I say youngers, I mean, they're on the job. And they came up to me and said, thank you for talking about what you were discussing. And I knew right there that I, I hit I hit something, and I, you know, and I, when they came up, it, 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 uh, okay, we got to, we got to get this, we got to get this done somehow. So, yeah, Joe Staple, founder of Help Michigan Heroes, uh, helping other uh, law enforcement men and women who have had cumulative PTSD uh, uh, episodes. Uh, if you want to help uh, Michigan Heroes, go to helpmichiganheroes.org. Uh, Joe, thank you for sharing. Uh, your journey and joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. I thank you for having me. No problem, buddy. Great show. Okay. Yeah. You take care of my man. Okay. There's Joe Staple, org. 
joining us on another edition of True and Blue, presented each and every week on The Huge Show by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. Big. Bad. Huge.